man's grounded, I think, Jerry said. Look, he's trying to stand up. As Barry watched, Andy struggled to his feet, then pitched forward on his outstretched hands. Barry could tell his friend's lips and ears were blue. Sue untied the rope and stepped into mid-thigh-deep water. Barry felt the chill for her and shivered. Damn it, he thought. Andy's a big man. Fifteen stone at least. She'll not be able to support him by herself. Here. He started to hand her clothes to Lenny, who shook his head and said, Not at all, sir. Stay you here. We'll need a fit doctor on shore, so we will. I'll go. He dumped his coat and jacket, pulled off his shoes, and raced for the water. Lenny Brown was a big man, used to hefting big chunks of metal in his job as a shipbuilder. He'd probably be able to oxter cog Andy unassisted. Now a young man with a wild head of long blonde hair, warmly dressed, trotted past. It's my kayak, he called. I'll see to it. At least, Barry thought, that's one of the two abandoned craft looked after. He glanced out to sea. Farther out, the capsized little dinghy drifted down the wind, helpless, alone, and... If she had a soul, as Barry sometimes imagined boats did, as terrified as a winged mallard. Barry heard a car engine, a slamming door, and a bellowed, Get the hell out of the way! O'Reilly was roaring in his best quarter-deck voice, Out of my bleeding way! A more blasphemous Moses and the Red Sea, Barry thought, turning to see the crowd break apart. O'Reilly had an armful of bath towels, The big old rover was parked nearby on the sand, engine running, to keep the car heater going at full blast. O'Reilly handed Barry a towel. Here, he said, you see to Sue. I look after the sailor. She'll just be a bit cold and wet. She's only been in the water a few minutes, but the other fellow may have hypothermia. Barry, whose own soaked feet were afire with pins and needles, understood that very well. The crowd began to applaud and cheer. Barry turned back. Sue, her soaked jeans legs dark and dripping, was walking from the water's edge toward him. He started forward, wrapped her in her sheepskin coat and said, You stupid headstrong woman, you could have been drowned. His anger was like a flash of summer lightning, quickly gone, and replaced with relief that she was safe. God, that was brave. And I love you for it, darling. He cupped her cold face and kissed her. She was shivering, still short of breath from her exertions, and said nothing, just leaned into him and snuggled more deeply into the coat. Barry heard O'Reilly calling to the crowd, And you lot, quit your rubbernecking. Let the dog see the rabbit. Give us a bit of privacy, because I'm going to have to strip your man on the ground. Lenny. Lay him down there. Barry was happy to let O'Reilly take charge of Andy. Right, Barry said to Sue. Let's get you out of those damp trousers. Lean on my shoulders. He knelt, undid her waistband, and pulled the sodden pants down her slim, shapely legs. Goose pimples marred her otherwise smooth skin. Pick up a hoof. She lifted one foot so he could take off her shoe and sock and get the pants leg over her foot. Other one? Now she was stripped below the waist, all but for a pair of lace-edged peach nylon knickers. 
Still kneeling, Barry grabbed a pink terry bath towel and began toweling her left leg from ankle to groin. The higher he went, the more aroused he felt himself becoming. He looked up at Sue and saw she was smiling and had one eyebrow raised. It took all of his professional training for Barry to stifle the erotic impulses, especially when she cupped her hands around his head and leaned into him, and concentrate on drying her other leg. Right, he said, straightening. Right. Now, uh, wrap that towel round you like a sarong in an old Dorothy Lemour film, and let's get you to the car. Thank you, Barry. I... I do feel chilled. But you're okay, he said, trying but failing to keep the anxiety out of his voice. I'm fine, Barry. Really, I am. O'Reilly was kneeling beside Andy, stripping off his oilskin jacket.